Welcome, friends, to another episode of It Takes a Village, a podcast of Healing Hands International based out of Nashville. My name is Mark Gent, and I'm joined by my co-host, Taryn Foster. Hey, Taryn. Hey, how's it going? Great. Great. Here we are recording another episode. If you're just now tuning in to the podcast, we'd encourage you to go back and listen to our previous episodes where we talk to a partner of ours, a church minister, local nonprofit, and hopefully you can learn a little bit more about what we do at Healing Hands International. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Mark, we're we're a few episodes into this. How do you feel? I feel good. Yeah. I mean, good. I think uh, what I hope our listeners are hearing is um, I hope they're... Uh, getting some content and learning, uh, learning some things about people and organizations that they may not have heard of before, or maybe they're getting new nuggets mm-hmm. because, um, yeah, we've had the, the different, um, different people on from different uh, realms and different avenues. Um, like you just mentioned, the, uh, uh, the church, the host partner, the local nonprofit mm-hmm. sector. And I think it's, um, you know, hopefully, um, yeah, hopefully our listeners are just tuned in and they're, and they're learning something about different people as when it comes to, um, the villages that everybody is a part of and, mm-hmm. uh, what makes them into who they are. Yeah. So Taryn, how about you? What are you enjoying about the podcast? What are you learning? Oh man, there's, there's so many things I could say. Um, I feel like we just kind of get honed in on our own village and our own people but it's cool to to learn about other people and hear their stories and where they're from because in Nashville it's just a huge just a place for nonprofits, just a hub so I think it's really interesting to and you can kind of get involved that way too just listening to people and hearing their stories and how they're impacting the world. Yeah, so and cool. today I'm excited about today's guest. We're featuring a nonprofit right here in Nashville that has just a tremendous impact on so many people in our community. Our guest is my friend Phil Ellenberg, who I've known through various ways over the past 15 to 20 years, but he's also been very familiar with HHI. And Phil's the president and CEO of Faith Family Medical Center. And uh, he's just had quite a career, as you're going to hear him talk about, uh, from being an attorney to a president of a K-12 private Christian school to a general counsel at a local university. And uh, he's got a lot of life experience to share, both through his journey of faith and just through his career professionally. Yeah, yeah. So here's our interview with Phil Ellenberg. Hey, Phil, welcome to It Takes a Village. I'm so glad you're here. Great to see you. Thanks so much. It's great to be here. Great to be with you all. Looking forward to the next bit of time together. Yeah. So Phil is the president CEO of Faith Family Medical Center here in Nashville. Uh, so Phil, I, I've known you for a little while, but uh, tell us a little bit about your background so our listeners can know who is Phil Ellenberg, where you're from, maybe a little bit about your family, uh, your career that um, I find really you've had so many great opportunities come up along the way uh, where you have served and worked. So yeah, tell us a little bit about Phil Ellenberg. Sure. Happy to. Before I do that though, I just want to say thank you for doing this. Been a big fan of Healing Hands for a long time and uh, appreciate what you do around the world, but also doing this podcast. It, it, uh, I can't wait to hear them and, uh, and, and see people and hear people. Uh, the, the, the nonprofit, the faith-based community here and around the world is just amazing, and I can't wait to hear more about it. So thank you all for doing this. Yeah, it's, thank it's you. It's an honor to be here. 
So, so I'm little, you know, about me, I'm, uh, I was, I was born in a little town called Arab, Alabama, uh, way back and, uh, and, but, uh, moved pretty quickly and, and uh, grew up on a place called Merritt Island, Florida. So I'm a, I'm a Florida kid, uh, in my soul. <laughs> um, if you, if you're wondering where Merritt Island is, Merritt Island is uh, where Kennedy Space Center is. Oh, cool. So it's, uh, it's literally an island between Cocoa Beach and Cocoa and Titusville and Cape Canaveral up there. In Central Florida, so uh, uh, Dad worked for NASA. And that's a whole different story. Whoa. But uh, wow. anyway, you you, cool. you grew up seeing rockets launched, literally out of my backyard all the time. Uh, <gasps> so and so jealous. it was it was pretty cool. I, I didn't realize until I came to Nashville uh, for college uh, to to uh, David Lipscomb College back in the day that uh, that everybody didn't watch rockets out of their backyard. Out of their backyard. I mean, it, yeah. So, uh, but uh, grew up there, came up here to to college, and uh, like a lot of folks, just never left. Uh, so uh, graduated from Lipscomb uh, in the in the 80s and uh, went on to law school and uh, and have been here ever since. But uh, fell in love with a Nashville girl and uh, that that'll keep you that'll keep you right here. Mm. But uh, uh, married uh, Lee and I have been married uh, almost uh, 36 years now. So uh, like I say, she grew up uh, here in Nashville and uh, long uh, and uh, deep uh, Nashville and, and Lipscomb roots. We've got three kids, uh, adult children, Olivia. As our oldest, she's a school teacher and a coach at McMurray Middle School, uh, which is uh, here in Nashville, and uh, an amazing uh, school with uh, s- uh, like ninety percent international students there. So it's a it's a very unique school in our city. Uh, and then uh, our daughter, Lily Grace, is our our uh, uh, next child. And if you couldn't understand that, I said Lily Grace. I can't even say her own name, but <laughs> she runs a little store that we bought uh, a few years ago down in Franklin called the Heirloom Shop. So we've got a gift shop down in. Franklin, Tennessee, on the square. That's the heirloom shop. Come on down and see it. No, no commercials. And then uh, our son Barr uh, just graduated uh, from Lipscomb University, uh, and uh, he just started a brand new job with Dell EMC, and uh, working working for that company. And then uh, he's getting married in October uh, to a great girl named Cami Adams. So uh, we're, we're 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 having a lot of fun in the Ellenberg household right now. So. That's uh that's, that's us. Great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, great family. I've met your family and you know Lee and uh have always just uh, admired you as a couple and uh, your work in the church and uh, your work in everywhere you've been. Well, I just uh I try to just uh, hang on to her coattails and uh, she's the best thing that ever happened to me and uh, and a lot of people frankly, so I'm a huge fan of hers, but uh, mm-hmm. uh thank you for that. Uh Career-wise, I, I I mentioned I went to law school, uh, practiced law here in Nashville for about five years, uh, f- fresh out of law school. But then uh, in the early 90s, I, I went over to Lipscomb and actually became their first in-house legal counsel. And then that morphed into me becoming their general counsel, which was all things legal, risk management, insurance, uh, uh, safety, security, emergency planning, uh Community relations, the master plan, a lot, a lot of different stuff over the years. That was about twenty years. Uh, that's where you and I first got to work yeah. together, Mark, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, had some good times in the missions world uh, doing that. Then uh, I left Lipscomb in two thousand thirteen and uh, was head of school at Middle Tennessee Christian School uh, in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Got to be careful when you start praying for God to uh, to open a door and uh, and change your life. Uh, uh, he'll do it sometimes. And, uh, and so I had no, I had never thought about being a head of school, uh, and, uh, but loved it to love the experience, love, love our friends in Murfreesboro and love that school. And then, uh, but, uh, there was a, there's, there was a draw to Lipscomb. I came back to Lipscomb, uh, in uh, 16 and, uh, and led their alumni program 
And so I worked in alumni and development for about four years. Uh, and then uh, uh, starting on March 2nd, 2020, and if that rings a bell, that was the day of the tornadoes wow. in 2020. That was my mm. first day at Faith Family. So I uh, <laughs> came oh, to Faith no. Family as the chief development officer. And, uh, and a week before the pandemic. Then. And a week before the pandemic. So we lost power for a few days and then uh, came back. And we were in the office about a week before the administrative staff took off and went remote. And uh, so that was my welcome into Faith Family. Yeah. And and, uh, and then in April of this year, uh, I changed seats and the only CEO that we'd ever had retired. And uh, so uh, I'm blessed to uh, to have become the, the new president and CEO. So I'm about 100 days into that job right now. So Your first 100 days. That's right. There you that's go. Right. So life has not been boring. It yeah. never has been. Never has been for Phil Ellenberg. <laughs> that's you've, right. You've played, worn many hats in different places and always done them well. Yeah. Well, besides the, the medical center, what kind of things do you like to do? Like, what are you passionate about? Outside yeah. of work. Outside of work, I, I enjoy uh, truffle hunting in, uh, in middle uh, Italy and uh, uh, Mid-Eastern archaeological digs. I'm just joking. What? <laughs> I, <I'm not. laughs> I was about to be like, you need to delve into that because... No, I am. There goes our podcast. Let's go down that rabbit hole. I am such yeah. a boring guy. I, uh, <laughs> no. I didn't have any hobbies for so long. Mainly it was just, you know, watching my kids play sports and, yeah. and those kind of things. But uh, moving into different phase of life... Uh, my son and I love the duck hunt, so they, they, these are they're kind of they're kind of you know not all the time kind of thing. So in the winter, he and I love to go duck hunting in Arkansas and, yeah. and enjoy that. So that's something that we've uh, we've we've gotten passionate about the past couple of years. It's a lot of fun. This year, uh, through the pandemic, people are trying a lot of different things. I, I did a, a window box garden. Started small. I have one tomato plant and five pepper plants, wow. and uh, and so I've become a farmer. And Bring I'm, it on! It's, yes. it's it's so much fun just watching it grow, and and uh, it's very small, but but uh, but fun. And then um, I do enjoy. Uh, I get to the beach. We 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 are beach people, so we we get to the beach a few times a year. I have to have that uh, salt air and the and the sand. Yeah. And uh, and I read my John Grisham books down there. So uh, those, uh, I love a good Grisham book. I, yeah. I love relaxing at the beach. But uh, otherwise, in between, it's we're here. We're uh, we're we're active at uh, Harpeth Hills Church of Christ, where we go. And okay. so we're we're volunteering, doing things there. Lee is constantly involved in the community. I mentioned my daughter, uh, who teaches at McMurray. So we volunteer there and, and help out with with those families. So just a little here and there. Uh, uh, that's that's us and you're a big that's concert cool. goer you love music oh man i do love oh. concerts yeah I, I do love concerts yes i i i uh i mostly old uh rockers who are kind of on their last tour coming back <laughs> around uh but uh, uh yes i do love a good a good concert yeah, yeah. what's your favorite Oh, that, uh, Billy Joel. Billy Joel's my favorite artist and so that's uh, i like a lot of different kinds of music but he's mm-hmm. he's my guy I'm learning Piano Man on the well, piano right awesome. now. Awesome. That's fantastic. Yeah. I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> that, no. We'll see. I'm a beginner. That's okay. Like, very beginner. He was a beginner one time, too. That's true. That's right. True. Yeah. That's yeah. Good. So, good. so tell us about the medical center, Faith Family, a well, little bit, the history about how it started and how it's going. So uh, yeah. the the... the we actually started in 2001, but uh, uh, our founders were, were uh, Dr. David Gaw and Dr. John Lamb. And in the late 1990s is when the, the, their idea came about. Really, Dr. Gaw had the idea. He was supposed to go on a medical mission trip uh, uh, to, uh, I think it was somewhere actually in Africa, and it got canceled. 
and he was moping around his house, and uh, and his wife finally said, "You know, I bet you there's some people in Nashville that need help. If you if you're if you're upset about not getting to go help people, look around here." Yeah. So that spurred him to do some research, uh, and he actually found a, a great organization, fantastic organization out of Memphis, Tennessee, called Church Health. And Church Health is is kind of the leading nationally uh, uh, free and charitable clinic from a faith based perspective. Uh, that's how we modeled. Uh, the Faith Family uh, Medical Center. And mm-hmm. so they went and studied church health, uh, tried to launch it here, got together. Uh, Dr. Gaw brought in Dr. Lamb. They found a, a local entrepreneur and businessman, uh, started in the HCA realm, but his name is Charlie Martin, uh, well-known in Nashville uh, circles and beyond. Uh, but um, uh, he was was uh, uh, bought in and and, uh, and supplied some of the early funding to help us get us off the ground. They hired a guy named Dr. Tom Henderson, who is an amazing, amazing man, and he moved here from Missouri. He had a medical practice in Missouri, closed it down, came here and became our ch- first uh, chief medical officer. Uh, we didn't call him that at the time. He was just the doctor. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so that started in 2001. Uh, we were blessed uh, with with it, it, sort of a gift. It was a gift from uh, St. Thomas, now St. Thomas Ascension, uh, with a building uh, that they let us lease for a dollar a year. Wow. Uh, so wow. it uh, just uh, just... Just between uh, St. Thomas uh, Midtown and, and uh, uh, Charlotte Pike is, is where we're located uh, still today. But we, we leased that building. Uh, they, they helped us do that. And so uh, that, that launched us. Uh, since that time, we've, we've served over 30,000 patients uh, and uh, over 100,000 visits. Uh, we, we provide medical care, behavioral health, uh, wellness programs for underserved populations. Um, and, uh, uh, and that's been going on for, you know, again, since 2021 and in 2016, uh, we started a campaign which completed in 2020, uh, with a new building that we opened, uh, in, in the middle of the pandemic mm-hmm. uh, in July of, of 2020. But, uh, we, we, uh, we had a seven and a half million dollar campaign that, that translated into about $10 million of, of, uh, donations and, and capital raised. So wow. we're blessed beyond measure. Uh, with that, and so that has launched, uh, and and that's how we became to be, and that's what we do today. So that's 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 a that's a, a thimbleful, but that's that's who we are. That's what we do. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, cool. Um, so you you kind of mentioned you moved into a new building yeah. a year ago. Uh, yeah, yeah. So how's that kind of opened doors for y'all? For oh, it, it's a complete and total game changer. That the, the yeah. new building uh, has has um, has just changed our world. Um, we went from. Uh, it, I'll, I'll pause to say one of the best compliments we've gotten is, was from one of our patients who, after seeing the new building, said, oh, you guys are finally giving, you finally have a building that matches the level of service you've already been giving. Mm. So it, it was it was awesome because we have great medical providers uh, caring, caring really skilled individuals who do the medical work, but it, the building was really a challenge. Mm-hmm. So it was a frame building. Uh, it, it, we had about about four and a half exam rooms. I say that because we had to double one of the exam rooms as an office half mm-hmm. half the time during the week. Mm-hmm. Um, we had the the waiting room was was super small. Uh, our our nurses were literally in a little pass through hallway, uh, and then and then beyond that, we also had a house that we rented, so all the administrative staff uh, was next door, so we couldn't even all be together. Mm-hmm. So so the administrative staff was next door. Uh, the um, we have a journey to wellness program. Uh, uh, the director of that program was next door, and so so we were split up. Uh, it couldn't be together. So this this building now has brought us all together un- under one roof. It's about seventeen thousand square feet, which has more than doubled 
the uh, the square footage we have. Mm-hmm. Our board at the time uh, really encouraged us uh, during the planning for it to build the biggest possible building we could build on the footprint that that we uh, that we had. Mm-hmm. And so uh, so we we have space to grow. Uh, so we don't use all the space. We actually we actually lease some of the space to uh, what we call like-minded nonprofits. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of our tenants is uh, Restore Small Groups, uh, and and uh, which is a great uh, small group uh, counseling uh, ministry. Uh, and so uh, so they they lease from us, but uh, we're, we're able to, to come together in this new building. Uh, we have um, a great space uh, for um, for our patients now. So we've gone from from about five and a half to ten exam rooms. We've got two behavioral health rooms. Uh, now we have space for pharmacy, pharmacy counseling, uh, pharmacy storage. <laughs> I don't know if I'm supposed to say this. I mean, basically, we used to have just a refrigerator in the hallway. So now we actually have <laughs> real uh, pharmacy. We don't keep any uh, controlled uh, uh, drugs there. So, uh, okay. uh, but uh, but we do have proper pharmacy storage now. We didn't have any of that. Uh, we do have dedicated space to our wellness program. Wow. So what we try to do at Faith Family is um, we we try to uh, to to heal folks when they come. But we also try to teach them how to live well. Yeah, uh, and so important. so it's not just about when you're sick, come and see us. But also let's let's teach you how to stay well. So the journey to wellness is a big piece of that, mm-hmm. and we do everything from we have a teaching garden, uh, we have a teaching kitchen, uh, we have uh, exercise area where where it, it's not so much that we do uh, it's not like a health facility, but we teach our patients how to exercise. We do some yoga classes regularly, but otherwise we teach them how to exercise. We have a rowing machine, a recumbent bike, a, a treadmill, we teach them how to use those items so that then as they're trying to get healthy, as they're trying to stay healthy, when they go to their local uh, community center or the Y, they're not intimidated. You know, you walk yeah. into a gym, and, and I don't know if, if you're like me, but you walk in, it's like, oh, everybody here looks like they're ready for the Olympics. <laughs> well, that's not the case. But uh, if, if you don't know how to use the machinery, that's intimidating. So we it want is. to take the mystery out of it. When our some of our patients uh, struggle with obesity, when they're ready to – to, to take uh, the plunge and, and get healthy and start walking. Uh, if they need it, we'll go with, we'll buy their first pair of shoes uh, and we'll take them uh, to the shoe store because that can be an intimidating experience. Mm. You know, if you go to a nice uh, shoe store to get some walking shoes, we'll go with them, help them get fitted. So it's all about teaching the patients how to live that healthy life. And mm-hmm. so all of our patients who come to Faith Family uh, have access to the Journey to Wellness program, but that's under one roof now with some great space. Uh, so it's just, it's just great opportunities to bring our patients together, to bring our team together, to bring, to bring the family together, uh, to serve. Yeah. yeah. That was a really long answer to a building question, but it, it is, it's a total game changer. Yeah. That's totally life changing. That's very cool. Yeah. Um, so what do people come in for normally, like regularly? Yeah. So we're, we're a full service primary care clinic. Uh, So you just think about going to your primary care physician. Uh-huh. That's what we do. So we're, we're going to do, uh, you know, full range of primary care, uh, anything and everything in that, in that realm, we're going to do vaccinations. We're going to do some lab work. We do have some specialist, uh, volunteer docs that come in, uh, and they help us. And so we've got, you know, cardiologists, uh, orthopedists, mm-hmm. uh, OBGYN, those types of, of specialists that come in, you know, one day a week, uh, two days a week, one day a month, whatever it might be. But for the most part, we're just that family doctor. Okay. And so uh, they'll come and see us uh, and, and uh, for, for whatever, you know, ailment uh, they may have. So, so they're, they're dealing with, with uh, chronic issues like diabetes and hypertension and, and obesity, uh, plus the full range of, of, uh, of care uh, right. that, that you would need from your primary care physician. Right. 
right. uh, from a from a patient kind of demographic standpoint, eighty five percent of our patients are living at or uh, below the two hundred percent of the federal poverty guidelines. Okay. So, Phil, when I mean you moved to Nashville, you said about forty years ago, and Nashville looks very different now than it did, um, you know, twenty years ago, forty years ago. It has a very ever-changing demographic in the population. So talk a little bit about um, that ever-changing demographic right here in our city and how that plays out at Faith Family Medical Center um, with the patients that you serve, you know, those who come in that, uh, that you provide the medical care for. Sure. Yeah, well, anybody that's been in Nashville long or, or even a year has seen uh, amazing changes. And so it's a super popular place for people to, to move to uh, right now, but but uh, especially over the last ten years or so, it it uh, it has become a, 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 a landing spot and home uh, for for so many foreign born uh, uh, Nashvilleians now, and so uh, our our foreign born population has has nearly doubled in the last ten years, and that makes up about twelve percent of the of the Nashville population. So we have uh, large populations of, of folks from Mexico, um, the Kurds, the Vietnamese, Cambodians, uh, Arabs. Uh, um, and, and, and many, many others. Uh, you know, you've probably heard this, Nashville's home to the largest population of Kurdish people in the world outside of the Middle East. Mm-hmm. And so oh. huge populations there. This, this, this stat uh, may be a little old now. It's, it's two or three years old. But, but not long ago, the, the zip code uh, on Nolensville Road, which happens to be where, where McMurray Middle School is, where my daughter teaches, that's how I knew this stat. That area, that zip code, has more languages spoken in that zip code than any zip code in America. Wow. Wow. And so when you think about Nashville is this huge melting pot mm-hmm. of, of people coming here, but not just international folks, but but people from all over the country. But it is a huge uh, transitional area, huge change. And and that comes with some great opportunities, and, and it, it makes for a great city, but it also comes with, with a lot of challenges. Uh, and so our patient base uh, uh, kind of comes from from all of that. We see we, we see the working uninsured is, is is primarily who we see. So there there are folks that that are unemployed and have ten care, uh, and and thankfully they have places to go. And then there are folks that are employed that have benefits uh, that, that that are offered by their employer, and that's wonderful. And they have doctors in, in places they can go. But there was this there was this middle ground of folks that were slipping through the cracks, uh, who work and are trying to make ends meet, but in, for whatever industry, because of the industry or for whatever reasons, uh, they don't have insurance, they don't have benefits. So it'll be a lot of folks in the music industry, uh, in the food services industry, uh, folks that are in the service industry, whether it's folks that are uh, you know uh, in construction, taking taking care of taking care of your yard. Uh, working in various people or various ways around the city, but they're the people that make our city go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And so uh, they don't have insurance. A lot of small businesses, uh, small mom and pop businesses, uh, about 40% of, of nonprofits in Tennessee don't offer any kind of benefits to, for their employees. Because mm-hmm. you think about all the small nonprofits. So those are the folks that come to see us. They work. Uh, we ask that they work at least 20 hours a week. Somebody in their family is working 20 hours a week. So they are employed, uh, but they don't have insurance. And so those are the folks that, that come and see us. So when you break that down, about about um, 85% of our patients are living at or below 200% of the federal poverty guidelines. Wow. So I know that's a mouthful. So 
the 100% of the federal poverty guideline means a family of four is making less than 26200 a year. So you just try to think about a family of four people living on less than 26002 Mm-mm. So uh, that's 40%, 46% of our patients. So about 85% or 200% of that, which means family four living at less than uh, $54,000 a year. So um, uh, they're, they're, they're working hard, uh, but they're just trying to make ends meet. Um, on, in an average year, we'll see just over 2,700 individual patients. Uh, last year, that number was down, as you can imagine, about 2,400 patients. Um, our, uh, about a third of our patients are Hispanic uh, 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 about 15% are African American, uh, and then and then a host of of, of other uh, uh, international uh, patients, plus plus uh, um, you know Caucasian and just just general uh, Nashville folks. 58% are female, 40, 40, uh, 48% are male. Uh, roughly, those numbers are. Mostly, we see folks from 18 to 65. Mm-hmm. So we don't do pediatrics per se because. If a, if a child is is un, is eighteen or under and they don't have insurance, they automatically qualify for cover kids, the the ten care for kids. So since we don't see ten care patients, uh, they they have other options. So yeah. we typically don't see them. And then stu- uh, the patients over sixty five have Medicare typically. Now there's some exceptions to that, but that's that's roughly who we see and and uh, and how it works at uh, Faith Family. We we do uh, operate on a sliding scale, by the way. So everybody pays a little. Uh, an average cost for a patient is going to be about $30 per visit, um, depending on their salary, uh, depending on their income. And then uh, it costs us about $200 per visit. So we're just raising the rest. So then you're supplementing yeah. and subsidizing yeah. the rest. So let's uh, zoom out a little bit and go back go back to you and your your job in particular. How did, how did you get introduced to this job? And what appealed to you most about this opportunity at this point in your career? So it, it really wasn't all that long ago that, that I mean, I knew of Faith Family. Uh, my, my wife, Lee, actually knew Faith Family better than I did and before I did because she had helped take patients there from McMurray. So, uh, so she, was, she was well acquainted. But uh, I'd just been praying. It was one of those seasons in my life. I was just praying for, for God to open some doors and, and uh, just, just to lead me uh, and do whatever he decided to do. And uh, I got a call from a good friend, a guy named Phil Rowe, uh, who is is a fellow elder at uh, Harpeth Hills with me, but uh, has, has has been a friend at, in a long time. He's also the chairman of the board at uh, Faith Family, and he called and and uh, was asking. They were looking for a chief development officer and uh, was asking if I knew folks in the development world. And, you know, after so many years, you make enough contacts. I said, well, let's have coffee, and uh, I'd be interested in talking to you about that. And I, I just kind of said it, and uh, we went and had coffee, and literally within a week. I'm meeting with with uh, the CEO and meeting with Phil and and uh, it went pretty quick uh, and wow. so uh, jumped in uh, with both feet there and and the thing that I learned about Faith Family that that I love so much um, it, it it is it is a place if if you're in if you've been in uh, especially faith based world faith based nonprofits you, you read a lot you heard a lot about mission drift mm-hmm. uh, which is a challenge from times to times there is no mission drift at Faith Family that's one of the things I love they know what they do. Uh, driven by faith, we provide hope and healing to our hardworking neighbors in need. That's our mission. And that's what Mm -hmm. we do every day. And so uh, you walk through our lobby, you walk through the the patient lobby, you know exactly why we do what we do every day. And we do it every day uh, that we're open. That's who we're helping. And so it was just this this kind of laser-focused mission. Uh, It was an incredibly talented group of individuals who do the work there, Uh, a great board, 
um, a, a, a great ministry. And so um, uh, Lee and I talked about it and pretty quickly just decided to, to jump in. And so uh, that's, that's, when, that's when we started uh, that. Uh, that's right before the pandemic. So uh, God, yeah. God knew, and God had a sense of humor. He said, "I'm not going to let you get comfortable too or qu- too quickly." Yeah. So you <laughs> you started off as an attorney. You still you still are an attorney, but yeah. what? In back then, I bet you never had the thought in your mind, "Hey, I'm going to run a healthcare nonprofit one day." Oh no, <laughs> never. But what does it look like for you on a on a daily, on a regular basis, to be in charge of a healthcare nonprofit when you don't have that medical background, and you're here in Nashville? That is. Um, a, a healthcare hub in our country. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what does that look like for you? Um, not having that medical background, but guiding and leading and uh, putting people in opportunities uh, and serving th- these people. Right. That uh, that are in need. Yeah. So it was. Uh, so there was definitely. You know, I'd be lying if I didn't say there was a learning curve. Uh, and so the medical world is is like the higher education world where I spent the bulk of my career. It's got its own language, it's got its own terminology. And so there's been there's been uh, that learning curve, a little bit of drinking from the fire hose, just just getting up to speed uh, in in the medical realm. Uh, the great thing about it though is is there are so many people who are in this in the medical world here in Nashville that that are friends uh, and I've just been calling people, tapping people on the shoulder, say, let's let's go have coffee. What do I need to know? Help me. Who do I need to know? Uh, what things do I know? What's the history here? Tell me the history of your organization. Tell me how you got going from so many different people. So I'm, I'm learning uh, as much as I can in that regard, which has been fascinating and, and a lot of fun. But at some level, uh, and this really goes to kind of my personal view of, of leadership, um, my job at Faith Family, uh, nobody wants me treating a patient. Nobody wants me anywhere near the patients. Amen. Uh, that's right. You know, number one, they'd be picking me up off the floor. There's, there's a, lots of reasons I didn't go to medical school, but blood, blood is one of them. So, uh, um, but my job is, is to promote faith family. Uh, I'm trying to promote us to the community to let people know who we are to try to to try to be able uh, to 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 uh, kind of ra- uh, raise the veil a little bit and not we don't want to be a secret. And so we want people to know about us so we can we can treat them. So I'm promoting faith family as much as I can. I'm leading our team. I'm working with our team. And, and so, and I'm just trying to provide the resources. And then I just get out of the way. Mm-hmm. And because we have Dr. Parker Panovec as our chief medical officer, he is an amazing doctor. Uh, we have uh, now seven uh, nurse practitioners and, and physician's assistants who are all equally uh, talented and capable and caring. Uh, we, have, we have a great uh, a crew of nurses uh, at the front office stuff. So everybody there knows exactly what they're doing. They know how to do it. They're really good at it. And so my job is really just to, 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 to lead and, and make sure we're all on the same page, but to pro- provide those resources for them. And I just get out of the way because um, I don't want to mess it up because it's a good thing. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. So faith is in your name. So how does that play a role in, in the people that walk through the door? Sure. So, yeah. so the faith and faith family is really what drives us. Mm-hmm. So we see, we'll see anybody, uh, we'll serve anybody. Uh, and so it's, it's, you know, every now and then we'll say, you know, do we have to be a Christian to come to faith right. family? Absolutely not. We, of course we want people to be Christians, mm-hmm. uh, but, but uh, we'll serve people of any faith, no faith whatsoever. Uh, but it's our faith uh, that, that drives us to serve and so that's the faith and faith family. Uh, we talk a lot. Uh, Dr. Panovec, one of his favorite verses is uh, from Galatians 6, 9. Let us never become weary in doing good. Mm-hmm. 
just do it constantly. That's just what we do. Just serve, uh, and that's that's what drives us. Um, uh, also, you know, in, in Matthew twenty five, and Jesus is talking. He just said, "I was sick, and you take care of me." Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not hard. It's not, it's not difficult. It's not rocket science. It's just uh, that's what we do. And so that's who we try to be to people, but it's the faith of, 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 of everyone, mm-hmm. at faith family internally and, and, and our board and our supporters uh, who, who come together to, to try to help those in, in, in our community that need us most. Looking back, I mean, you mentioned this earlier when it comes to, um, you know, when you opened the facility and uh, when you started, but you know, you, you started right uh, a week before the pandemic, right, um, right. you started, you started the day of the national tornado, <laughs> but uh, what challenges did you face as, as an organization when the pandemic hit and uh, what's that look like over the last year? Yeah. So uh, a lot of the challenges were similar to every other organization. You know, how do we, can we stay open? How do we stay open? How do we keep our employees safe? Can we keep our employees uh, how do we continue to serve our patients? So, so those were the questions that we were asking immediately. Thankfully, uh, our team, I mentioned Dr. Panovec and, and others, they were already prepared to launch a telehealth option before the pandemic was ever even known about. Wow. So within two weeks of the pandemic hitting, we launched telehealth, and we were, we were able to start treating patients uh, virtually which still blows my mind, uh, but we were able to do that. So, so we were serving patients in that way. Uh, we, we, uh, we were doing uh, call-ins with our patients just to check on them to see how things were going. Uh, we, through our Journey to Wellness program, uh, we, we, we keep a, a, you know, a supply of emergency food bags anyway, uh, but we were checking on people, taking them food if they needed food. Uh, we had a problem for a while with getting enough PPE, that personal protective equipment. Thankfully, there were so many other nonprofits locally and nationally that stepped up to support other nonprofits, but specifically in the healthcare world. Mm-hmm. So we were able to, to meet those needs. Uh, and so that, that was the initial challenge. Thankfully, uh, not one time during the pandemic did we close our doors. So we were able to stay open, serve our patients the entire time. Uh, in the new building, we didn't plan for this, but it turned out we have at the end of a hallway, it goes out to a, to a side alley and a little parking area. It turned out to be a great spot. We created a drive-in uh, a drive-up clinic, a COVID clinic, so people could, they never had to get out of their cars, so th- so they could drive up. Uh, our folks, we got some great pictures. They would garb up and go outside, you know, swab them, check mm-hmm. on them. Uh, occasionally, they would give them immunizations, different things in their cars. So not only are the are, are folks incredibly talented, but they're really resilient and they're super creative. So they just found all these ways to, to serve uh, and to take care of people. Uh, we were blessed that we didn't have to lay off any employees uh, so we, we, we maintained that. Our administrative staff, we did go home. So we worked from home for a while. That's where I learned uh, pretty quickly. I am not cut out to work from home. I love my mm-hmm. home. I was miserable working from home. So I actually kind of don't tell I would sneak in uh, and, uh, and work from the office when, whenever I could. But um, The old but has to be around people. I do. I, yeah. I do. I need that. So we were, yeah. we were doing that. We were concerned with, with um, you know, frankly, with our fundraising uh, in, in a challenging year like that, but uh, we actually had a record year in fundraising. Wow. And again, that's that's from from our, our great partners and donors and friends that stepped up, but also so many foundations uh, that were giving specific COVID-related funding to help out uh, to, to churches that support us that that, that stepped up and and, uh, and 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 filled the gap. And so we were just blessed in so many ways. You could not 
uh, imagine the ways that we were blessed. The, the, the one kind of the casualty of COVID that we've restarted in our journey to wellness program, we do what we call chronic disease days. And so that's uh, when you think about having diabetes, you have to have several well checks a year. You have to get your your, 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 your body checked, but you also have to have, you know, blood work and you have to have your eyes checked and you have to have your feet checked and you need to get a, a dental uh, check. And so if you're working hard and you're trying to make ends meet and you have to take five appointments or five days to go see people, that's probably not going to happen. And so what we do is we have chronic disease days where we bring those specialists in and a patient can come and in 30 minutes they can get all those done and see everybody they need to so, so they don't have to take all that time off from work. Well, we couldn't do that uh, during the pandemic because we just couldn't get people together. So that was difficult, but uh, we, we, uh, we've relaunched that. We actually have one this afternoon uh, <gasps> on site. So oh. those are going again, which is a blessing, but uh, uh, it, it was a challenge, but it, really every challenge was met. Praise God. That's awesome. Are you heartbroken by the physical and spiritual poverty in our world? Do you want to help but don't know where to start? At Healing Hands International, we get that. That is why we want to invite you to join the Changemakers community, a group of determined monthly donors committed to bringing transformation to people in need. When you join the community, you can be proud of the fact that you are making a real difference in real lives around the world. To join the movement, visit changemakers.hhi.org. So share with us about, share us a story about, do you have a patient that you can think of? I know you're not actively seeing the patients, but is there a reason why you get out of bed in the morning, you think yeah. of someone? It, the hardest thing really was to, is to narrow this down, you know, yeah. because there's so many great patient stories, but, but one of them is, is, is a woman named Olga, uh, uh, and she came to Faith Family in 2015. Uh, she, uh, she, she did not speak English. Uh, she had no insurance. Uh, she was a 46-year-old Hispanic single mom just trying to provide for her young daughter. She was working super long hours uh, in a restaurant kitchen uh, and just trying to make ends meet. But uh, she had really bad rheumatoid arthritis, high blood pressure, latent tu tuberculosis, um, had not been treated. And that so many of our patients just don't go regularly in, until mm -hmm. we start seeing them. So she had not been treated the way she should, uh, hadn't been seen her, her, her uh, primary care doc. And so uh, all of these things uh, uh, came to, came to, to blow on her. So she, thankfully she found out about us, came in, um, had, had numerous other secondary complications, uh, but just started seeing uh, one of our nurse practitioners, whose name is Carly, and like 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 all of the folks in our in our our practice, Carly not only took care of her uh, physically, but got to know her mm -hmm. uh, and learned about her and and learned about her daughter uh, and helped her get the medicine she needed, but also um, helped her uh, uh, just find ways to live better. Uh, the the, the, the um, prescription medication is just really expensive. Mm -hmm. uh, there, there are certain runs of medication. I, I was looking at one the other day on a tour that I was giving. Thirty-six thousand dollars for a Whoa. month for a month, and, oh my we, and we can get it to our patients for five dollars wow. uh, through some of these partnerships. I've mentioned the patient assistance program and others, but so so uh, uh, she was uh, helping take care of, of Olga. Uh, she was helping Olga uh, uh, manage her chronic problems, but also uh, living better. Um, she uh, she got uh, uh, recently uh, Olga through because of her arthritis needed hip replacement. 
She couldn't afford hip replacement. Carly reached out uh, to, to our network, found a provider uh, to do the surgery and a hospital and, and did it for free. Wow. So they got her hip surgery taken care of. Uh, and then uh, just it's just that extra mile. So uh, no one, she didn't have a way uh, to, to get to uh, her surgery. So another one of our, our staff just volunteered, heard about it, went and picked her up, took her to the surgery, stayed there, got her home. Another one made sure that her daughter was doing okay. Um, and, and, and there are just stories like that over and over. And so what happens now is folks like Olga, she'll come to the office uh, and, and other patients will come and, and they'll volunteer. Uh, uh, my favorite is the fact that some of them will come and they'll, do, they'll cook for us. And they'll oh. cook these amazing meals. It, it is there. There's some real perks to this job. But that they'll they'll <laughs> cook some some wonderful food. So so that's just one story uh, of the success uh, that that's due in part, thankfully that Olga found us, but also because our people care uh, mm-hmm. and, and they take care of people. There 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 are so many other stories. Uh, uh, Fadi uh, was a was a car salesman, uh, and 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 he had all kinds of problems, but he also was 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 severely overweight. And so he came, he found us about a year ago in the pandemic, was 300 pounds. He's now lost over 100 pounds. He's feeling better. He's not on diabetic, uh, he's not on his diabetes uh, um, uh, medication anymore. So just those types of things, but it's because our people check on him. They're calling him, they're making sure, uh, keeping him, keeping him informed, uh, keeping, keeping him in the loop, but also just uh, caring about him. So Mm -hmm. um, I'll I'll stop. There's, there's lots, lots of stories. Good stories. Oh, that's awesome. You have any funny stories? You know, it's, it's funny. I asked, I asked that in, in, uh, there probably are, it's just, uh, the, the stories that, that, like like Olga and Fadi are the ones that, that hit home. Yeah, uh, we we had there's there's little moments that are funny, but then mm-hmm. I was asking Doctor Panovec actually about that, and he said, "Yeah, I probably can't even share those." So right, <laughs> <laughs> probably not appropriate. So anyway, so so the name of this podcast is "It Takes a Village," and it's obvious that Faith Family has a large community that supports it from your staff, your volunteers, uh, the patients, your donors. Uh, talk about any opportunities where our listeners could be involved and be part of that village at Faith Family. Yeah, we, we love that. And, and uh, like I said, we just want more and more people to know about us. Uh, our biggest volunteer opportunities are in the medical realm, frankly. Uh, and so we're always looking for folks that can help us, uh, uh, but, but with that medical uh, expertise, uh, the, the doctors, the nurses, the techs, the, those folks that can come along. And we do help. We, we get volunteers of uh, students that are that are going to PA school or going to uh, nursing school, and they'll come in and help us some. So there's, there's a huge need for that. During the pandemic, uh, almost all of our volunteering had to stop, unfortunately, but we're ramping back up. We do have uh, uh, the need occasionally for things like work, helping work in, in our teaching garden, uh, helping us with just, they're not real exciting uh, volunteer opportunities around the office, but just helping us with things as far as maybe calling patients, maybe helping us prepare for a big mailing, those types of things. So we do have those. We love for po- folks to come down take a tour of the building. And a lot of times they will then say, and this happened last week, somebody was taking a tour and said, oh, I'd like to come and help volunteer on this. I hadn't thought about that, but yeah. We'd love for you to. Mm-hmm. So really kind of the one of the things that, and it, this is not just a hook, but I, I really am saying if you could get on our mailing list, folks can get on our mailing list uh, and we'll share those opportunities from time to time. It's it's a way for you to see what we do and what we need. And that way folks that want to get involved uh, from a volunteer uh, standpoint uh, can see that and, and, and then jump in. 
we do, uh, frankly, uh, you know, I mentioned that, that uh, we raise 80% of our budget every year. We, we always need folks to come alongside us and just, uh, and just help us with donations. Uh, and so I spend a good bit of my time talking to folks about that. Uh, and, and, uh, and, and we love uh, uh, the folks that can, that can help us in that regard. And so those are, those are the main ways. Yeah. yeah. So what about for you personally uh, when it comes to who is your village and uh, who are those people in your life that have impacted you and shaped you into who you are today, maybe a friend, a mentor? But when Phil Ellenberg looks back on his journey of faith and uh, who are those people that come to mind? Yeah, most, most, of, most of that would, would be, you know, family, close friends, uh, church folks. Uh, and so when I think of that, uh, I think of Lee. Uh, um, you know, she's, she's my biggest uh, supporter, biggest cheerleader, but also she's my rock. And, uh, and so we, we, uh, uh, I'm, I'm glad to be on her team. Uh, but then, you know, uh, going, going back and, uh, you know, my dad and my mom, uh, um, were, were huge influences in my life. Uh, and, and so I, I credit them a lot and it's really interesting. My, my dad had an eighth grade education, um, uh, dropped out of school, joined the army when he was too young, lied about his age, uh, let him go through boot camp, kicked him out. Uh, he went home, worked on the farm for two years and went back and joined again. Uh, and, and, uh, but so he, he didn't have an education, but yet, uh, when, when he was working at Redstone Arsenal, uh, in the, in the late fifties, early sixties, uh, when I was born there were, they needed to start a clean room at NASA, uh, down on Merritt Island. And there were two guys that actually knew how to do the work and get it done. And, and my dad was one of them. I never knew this until it actually, I heard that story at his funeral. I'd never kn- known that, but so he could see things and do anything, but, but he only had an eighth grade education. So he, he taught me a lot about hard work and believing he, be, he was a big believer in education, even though he didn't have it. Uh, and, and, and then my mom, uh, still with us, thankfully, uh, the, my, my mother-in-law had the best mother-in-law that a guy could ever uh, choose mm. uh, a woman by the name of Patty Duggar. Uh, did, yeah. A lot of folks know, and it was a legend at Lipscomb and she just uh, helped me in so many ways was so patient. I can't believe that uh, she let me marry her daughter, <laughs> but I'm <laughs> grateful to her forever for that. So she was huge in, in, in my life. Uh, but then uh, still to this day, uh, one of, one of my main mentors is, is a guy I know, you know, well, Dr. Carl McKelvey, uh, Dr. McKelvey has just poured so much into me, and I've just taken as much as I can get from him. He is such an amazing, godly, spiritual man, and so he's he is one of my mentors. And then and then just from from a from a peer standpoint, um, uh, Dr. Don Hudson, uh, who is a, a chiropractor here in, in in Nashville and and a long long time friend. He's that friend that sticks closer than the brother. Mm-hmm. I could call him for anything, anytime, uh, and so he he is always there for me. And then, and then a guy younger than me, but uh, a guy by the name of Matt Tiller, who's actually a president at Middle Tennessee Christian School now. Uh, he and I work there together. He he is just an incredible friend, but so wise, uh, and uh, and has helped me in so many ways over the years. And so those those are just names that immediately come to mind. Uh, but there's so many people I've been yeah. blessed. God has surrounded me with good people, really all my life. Yeah, and I've been blessed with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When, I, when I think about the work you do and. Um, a verse that comes to mind that you even referenced earlier that I had uh, that I had in, in my notes before before we started recording today was from Matthew twenty five when uh, Jesus said I was a stranger and you invited me in I was sick and you looked after me uh, so thank you for being the hands and feet of Jesus in our community and that that is the epitome of of who you are and what you do as a organization and um, yeah that just kind of seems to be a a theme throughout uh, learning more about faith family today. Yeah, that's what we try to do. 
Yeah, that's awesome. I think that's all we have for you. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you. I love what y'all are doing. That's y'all are changing the world. Seriously. Well, it's amazing. We try. Yeah. We try. One patient at a time. Yeah. <laughs> well, how can how can people learn about Faith Family? So, yeah, you website. can go to our, our website. Okay. Uh, it's uh, faithmedical.org. Uh, and then we're also on uh, on uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Instagram is at Faith Family Medical. Okay. Uh, Facebook. I don't know why these are all three different, but anyway, sorry. But to, so Instagram is at Faith Family Medical. Facebook is at Faith Family Medical Center, and Twitter is at Faith Medical. Uh, if you just put in Faith, you'll find us eventually. But okay. uh, but but uh, check us out and uh, and uh, and like I say, anybody that wants to come down for a tour would love to give uh, you a tour. Love to show you around the facility, let you meet some of our incredible incredible team. Awesome. Thank you, Phil. This has been great. We, we appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. Thank you all. Yeah, it's thank tr- you. truly an honor. It's great to be with you all. Thank you. What a great time with Phil. Uh, he yeah. is a man that, uh, well, he, he came really prepared and he had a lot to say. He's very passionate about mm-hmm. Uh, what he does and about the, being in the trenches. So what would be your takeaway from our chat with Phil? Oh, man. I Well, he has so much life experience. Like all of his careers are all totally different, which I really like because sometimes I'm like, I have to stay in this one field forever. But he's he's just kind of gone around and just let God lead him and, and take him wherever he chooses to go. So um, I think it was really cool. Now listening I want to be on his mailing list. I want to. I want to get involved now. I'm fired yeah. up. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah. 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 So, what about you? What did you learn? I think when Phil, I just learned a lot more about Faith Family. I've known it for a while. Um, actually, did a project on on uh, Faith Family in in grad school. But just to learn how how much uh, how many people they are serving mm-hmm. right here in Nashville that are uninsured or that are underinsured. Yeah, and forty like percent. Yeah, just how many. Um, uh, how many people they have on staff that mm-hmm. are in the healthcare industry that could be out in other fields, uh, probably making more money. Um, yeah. but they're, they came to and chose to work for this nonprofit to serve. Mm-hmm. And, um, I just loved hearing Phil, uh, his passion behind, um, the patients and, uh, just his knowledge of this ever-changing demographic in Nashville and just, uh, the demographic of who they serve and, mm-hmm. uh, but how they just drill down, to the um, to the basics and helping people get in in a better uh, space in their uh, journey for wellness. And yeah, they help them get to um, that next level of where they need to be. Mm-hmm. Just um, so yeah, yeah, that's what it's all about. That's cool. Well, that's a wrap for this episode of It Takes a Village. Thank you for joining us and being a part of our community here in the podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and keep listening to us on whatever podcast platform is your fave. (laughs) If you want to learn more about what we do at Healing Hands International, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Our Instagram handle is at HealingHandsInt, and we also have a Twitter account, which is at HHIUpdates. And while you're at it, share it on social media to help us spread the word. That's it. See you next time. Yeah. Thank you. Na 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 na